Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Words, Women, and Wisdom radio show, streaming live from BBS Radio in California and syndicating to over 100 stations globally, including iHeart and iTunes. I'm your host, Yvonne E.L. Silver, and I'm joined today by my beautiful guest, who I'll formally introduce in just a moment, Laurie Shaw. Hello, Laurie. Hello, Yvonne. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. So yeah. we're just, we're both coming live to you today from Calgary, Alberta, at the base of the Rocky Mountains here in Canada. This is an international audience and you want to grab a pen because throughout this session, you're going to be learning some incredible wisdom nuggets from Laurie's story and some of the things we're going to share today. And then you want to stay until the very end because there is going to be something special that we're offering. And I always uh, give my guests the invitation to share something special just for the Women and Wisdom show participants and listeners. So grab your pen and paper. Make sure that you have that handy as we go through our session today. Now, today is a very special day because you're listening Tuesday at noon Mountain Time. And in fact, the 21st is National Indigenous, I'm going to get my words mixed up here, National Indigenous Peoples Day. So I thought it really appropriate to be inviting a guest today who is part of our Indigenous peoples here in Canada. So by way of um, an introduction, Laurie Shore is a proud member of the Muskeg Lake Cree Nation, which is just north of Saskatchewan. It's actually, uh, sorry, Saskatoon in Saskatchewan, about an hour north. She's been on the board for a number of years, the Muskeg Cree Lake, Muskeg Lake Cree Nation Investment Management Corporation since 2020. And herself is an IT professional with 25 years specializing in IT and looking at cloud implementation, she's worked for a number of the well-known names here in Calgary of our corporations, big corporations like Shore and Talus and WestJet and NMAX, for example. However, when I met Laurie, I met her when we were both taking a certified Reiki class. And I learned about her incredible powers, both as a medium and as a healer, and then going on to taking an, a lot, a number of other certifications to expand on these natural gifts and abilities, including Theta Healing, Master Spirit Guide, and Medium. Also, opening now her own business and doing that under the beautiful name of Seventh Generation Healing. So we're going to dive into what that is all about today, what that means. Seventh Generation Healing. You can learn a little bit more about that um, that initiative. Uh, seventh, the number seven, seven T H G E N Healing dot C A. So number seven T H for seventh Gen Healing dot C A. So we're going to talk a little bit about Laurie's background and what led her to this important work. And if you're wondering why I do this show, it's really about putting the spotlight on incredible women, women who have very often risen from tragedy to triumph and now out building businesses or mission inspired work that is touching many, many lives. And the work of healing one person has a massive ripple effect and touches so many other people. It's such important work. Um, I stopped at the Reiki certification level two. Laurie had a natural gift already when she joined that class and has now taken those skills and expanded and is really bringing to life some incredible gifts. I was lucky enough to receive a session recently. And I tell you, it's mind blowing to think about who's in the room with me, whether it's just Laurie herself or bringing in all of the ancestry um, spirit animals, guides. It was an incredible experience of getting healing at a very deep and powerful, impactful level. Now, as a professional coach, I work with people all the time who want to elevate their potential and to step into their gifts. So I'm delighted to have Laurie on the show with me today. So Laurie, let's uh, kick things off. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about how your, how your background growing up has impacted you and led you to the work that you're doing today? Yeah, I would, 
So my history of my First Nation um, family uh, goes back to 1885 uh, and beyond for for the uh, 1885 uh, rebellion that actually happened in um, in Frog Lake in Batoche, okay, uh, with with Louis Riel. So my great grandfather um, Napoleon Lafond actually was a Cree translator. Um, he was also a, um, he's Métis and Cree, so we, he also did linguistics, so he actually was able to converse both in Cree and in French mm. to uh, Louis Riel, and he was bringing him actually horses, uh, food, so getting back to the 1885 rebellion was probably the first time um, you know, that we actually had a joint effort between the Cree and the Métis to stand up for, you know, their beliefs, their traditions, their people, uh, and their land uh, in in Canada, just to say, you know, um, we want to stand up for our people. Things were being taken away from them, and they they came together mm-hmm. as one in order to um, really, they actually revolted against the government, um, but, the, but they did it uh, for their people and for their land and for their trees. Yeah. It's, so it's really incredible history because, you know, when I when I first came to Canada back in 1985, I mean, you can tell from my accent, I was born in London, England. Um, you know, I learned a little bit of history, but I certainly was not exposed to any of the, um, the depth of the um, history and the impact of the Indigenous peoples. Um, and Canada is such a young country for anyone who's listening that is outside of Canada in the US or North America or, or beyond. Um, you know, we're only just over 150 years old as a country, which boggles my mind, <laughs> just that one fact. And yet there is such deep roots previous yeah. to, you know, European and settlers becoming part of um, part of this landscape, isn't there? Yeah. Well, one of the things I did want to mention to your uh, learners in your audience is um, residential schools actually started in the late 1800s mm. uh, in North America, both uh, in the US and Canada. Yeah. Um, and my family was heavily impacted. My mother actually attended residential school at Duck Lake since Saskatchewan from the time she was six until she was 16, along with, you know, a family member. So um, yeah, it, it deeply touches me uh, with the story with residential schools. It impacted my life. It impacted my siblings' life, and really all my all my relatives and all my relations. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's near and dear to me. You know, the the little brothers and sisters that are being found across the country. It's very impactful for me, and uh, my work is all focused on healing. It's focused on, so the reason I call it seventh generation healing is it goes back to the seventh generation prophecy, which is Iroquois that actually went back hundreds and hundreds of years. And they basically said the prophecy was uh, seven generations after the white settlers came to North America, that there will be, um, there will be a change uh, for people. It'll be changed. We'll become as one. We will be healing under one healing tree in North America on Turtle Island. So Turtle Island is North America, right? It's it's U.S. and Canada, and it branches out uh, to all the U.S. states and all the provinces. Um, and it's really just, and if you look at uh, the actual uh, depiction of a turtle, actually the U.S. and Canada fit right in to that specific um the turtle itself. So if you were to look up Turtle Island, you'll see that it actually touches all of US and Canada. Mm-hmm. So as part of this prophecy, it's basically saying we're getting back to our land, we're getting back to our traditions, and we're getting back to the values that we had hundreds of years ago that were really taken away from us. Um, and it's coming under one, one tree. It's not just First Nation, it's all people. It's all people of all all nationalities, all religions, all denominations, we're all coming together under one healing tree. And uh, that's my focus, is to really focus on healing First Nation one, healing our elders. And that, starting with the elders, will touch seven generations. It'll touch the seven generations back because it will be healing, you know, any any issues that we had seven generations before, and it touches all seven generations ahead. 
um, just by healing that one specific person. Um, but the first thing that you have to start with is forgiveness, mm. forgiveness in your heart, forgiveness for what you've done to people or what if people have done to you or, you know, in, in some cases, um, specific uh, organizations, government agencies, um, it all starts with healing. Um, when you pass on to your next life, uh, doesn't matter the denomination, healing is really, really important for you to move and evolve and really help people um, to actually move on. Yeah, to move on. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that topic of forgiveness for a minute because so, so important. I remember hosting a guest a couple of years ago, the Words, Women and Wisdom radio show has been going for three plus years now, um, who was doing some work, powerful work in prisons and talking about this topic of forgiving and forgiveness because it's something that only we inside, you and I, we can forgive, choose to forgive someone. We can't make someone else forgive us, but we can own it and choose it. And I think it's really important to open up the conversations to say what needs to happen, what needs to be entertained, what needs to be on the table, to even consider that as a possibility, that if you let go of that, you're creating space for something good to come in instead. It's like a vacuum, right? There's science behind this too. So what what can create that opening? Yeah, you're releasing. So when you go through instance in your life, trauma, your body remembers that trauma. It doesn't matter when it happened as a child, as an adult, as a senior, your body remembers that. So when you get into a similar or a like, um, you know, incident, your body will automatically defend it the same way it did at that time. So what we're trying to do is release that trauma to the light, bring in love and healing and nurturing for yourself. But it all starts with releasing that trauma. Forgiveness always begins your journey of healing, always begins your journey of healing. Verbally say it. If you could write it out, um, you can actually put it on in water uh, just to get those feelings on paper, just to get them down. And um, the elders that I work with, we start the healing from just having the conversation, just talking about it. Let's talk about, you know, how are you feeling in that time? Um, and then I start, you know, bubbling up to the surface, these memories, and we release them to the light. We ask for forgiveness. We ask, ask to be forgiven. We ask for forgiveness and we send out forgiveness uh, to the light. And that starts the healing process. Mm -hmm. It's very, very hard to bring up those memories. But at the end of our conversation, we feel a lot lighter because we are moving towards healing. Yeah. And so powerful. Well, anything that is stuck energy creates um, an obstacle and prevents the flow of energy through the body. You know, we've got seven chakras in our body. Um, my last guest, Leora Leone, was talking about her new book, The Power in You, and talking about you know, the fact that we are all one. We all originally came from one particle, and she called it the God particle. Um, but there's also a lot of science um, and physics in her book talking about how we're, we are all one, no matter what our skin color is or our beliefs, um, our backgrounds, etc., I genuinely believe now is the time to put some of these things that are coming out into the light, into the spotlight, put them under the microscope so that we can learn from it and say, you know, never ever again could this possibly be an option to consider happening. You know, every time I, I, I hear anything to do with the residential schools, um, you know, it just breaks my heart. I mean, I don't understand how this could even have become part of history for Canada, which is such a country known to be a peaceful nation. Mm-hmm. And yet there are these things that have happened in the past. We can't change the past, but we can learn from it and we can choose a different path as we go forward. And so I love that you're doing this very powerful work, putting the healing to the forefront and then also having that platform of forgiveness. It's even on the back of your new card, forgiveness is the first step to healing. Love that. So tell me a little bit more about some of these um, these offerings, right? Because you do spirit talking. I'm not sure if the audience knows exactly what that is. 
you have Reiki, you have other healing modalities. Let's talk about a spirit talker, for example. What, what is that? What does that work and what's the impact of it? So spirit talk is um, to a traditional First Nation um, terminology to do with um, really mediumship and talking to people that have passed to the light. Um, so spirit talk is when I actually get into a session, um, I basically converse. Sometimes I'll use cards, but I really don't need them. But I converse with people that have passed over to the light um, that want to share information with you. It could be you know, mother, brother, sister, uh, father, uncle, aunt. And sometimes it's animals that actually come into these sessions because they were possibly near and near and dear and close to this specific person. But a lot of times it has to do with um, communication. So something that wasn't said, uh, maybe, you know, you did lose somebody in COVID and you weren't able to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. um, and there's something that you want to say that's really important to them that I'm, I'm a conduit. To, uh, to this person that has moved to the light. And they share information with me um, and I, sh I share information with them. And it's, you know, my clients wanna say goodbye. They wanna have closure and, and make sure that they're doing okay, right? Mm -hmm. um, people in, in my, my instance, I've lo lost a child at birth and um, it, it very hard like going through, you know, childbirth and, and losing that child. And I'm able to connect through the light with my son and and have those conversations and have those you know and make sure that he's okay mm -hmm. he's doing okay right um i've lost quite a few family members uh due to covid um being you know just making sure that they're good and then also people that you know are ill or that you know are transitioning just making sure that they're ready to transition and that the family is is good with this transition even before and after. So, mm -hmm. so uh, you know, my my talents are very strong. I converse, I can hear the conversations. I also bring in uh, any guardian angels that um, these members have. So I basically can converse on, you know, who they are and why they're here. And um, I share a lot of information. Sometimes I'll scan and I'll determine specific illnesses associated. It could be even simple things like allergic reactions. So every session is different. Every mm -hmm. session is different. Mm -hmm. It's similar to the Long Island medium, very similar, but mine is more mm -hmm. healing. It's very like I hear and then I provide the healing conversation back to my clients. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in um, in my my recent session with you, which was beautiful, yes, yeah, spirit animals showed up. I was looking at the spirit animal meaning of tortoise today <laughs> tortoise and tortoise and rabbit and elk <laughs> um and you know there's there's some meaningful pieces of what was shown to me through that as well just feeling that energetic connection with source where my my head is a lot clearer and i can you know i can feel my crown bubbling today um which which was quite beautiful and I know from the work that I've conducted with my clients, I mean, I don't offer Reiki as a Reiki practitioner, but I do bring it into my coaching work when I can hear, feel, detect an energy block. You know, a lot of times with my clients, it's in the throat because yeah. we're doing work around confident conversations. That's the, the body of work that I'm bringing to life is how can I have more confident conversations? How can I ask for what I want as a woman and get it? And not by being pushy, um, not by being aggressive, but you, being assertive and um, mm -hmm. using the power of silence, using specific words to make sure that the point is made. And very often it's about demonstrating our value through the work that we're doing and being able to quantify it. So we're not bragging. We're simply stating, here's what I did. Here was the result. And here's the impact to the organization. Maybe there is some return on investment, some ROI, a way to quantify the value of that work. So it's interesting that you're stepping from something that is a very technical field in the IT world into something else which is more in the arts. And yet it does have a very technical component to doing this work well, doesn't it? Right. So um, I'll tell you a story. As a child, um, my grandma Cookham, I was um, four or five years old. She was actually the medicine woman for our band. 
And I would go, I remember I would go down to the cellar and I get these little satchels of different types of herbs. People will come and say, you know, I have cramps or I have a headache. And she'd make me go down to the cellar to get these little herbs, um, these little satchels and bring them up. And she, she told me, and she said it in Cree, it didn't really understand, but I do now. And she said, you have a very special gift, Lori, that you have to share with the world. And you will know when you're ready to share it and you will make a difference for our people. Mm. And it, it's, I, my whole life, I've, I've tried to understand what that was. And now I do. And now mm. I do. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you're really stepping into your power. Um, mm. You know, there are a lot of people that can offer IT services, not as many that offer excellent project management services. And yet the work that you do as a healer is so specialized, so special, so powerful. Um, if you're just uh, tuning in now and you're thinking, who are we interviewing today? I'm here today with Laurie Shaw, who's the founder for Seventh Generation Healing. And I'm delighted to be sharing this interview on Indigenous Peoples Day. And as a practitioner also, you know, you do some consulting as well, you do some healing. So what are you hoping in the next year, for example, what are you really hoping to put the focus on for your business? I think the, the biggest thing is really getting people to understand our history, uh, getting to understand, um, you know, we are healing. The First Nation people in Canada are healing as one. But um, the awareness, really understanding the history and healing as one nation, Turtle Island as one nation together. Um, there's other, you know, other components. What I, what I want people to know, your listeners, is ask the questions. Um, you know, don't be scared to, when you see that person on the street, because you will see them, um, and they could be on the corner, they could, you know, have a, you know, they could be under the influence of alcohol, this First Nation uh, member. Um, they have a story. This person has a story uh, that hasn't been told. Um, they have gone through a lot in their life. Just ask them, like, be, try to be more respectful and really understand that they have a history and they are a person and they just want to be heard. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and respected. So all I ask is for to to provide more respect um, when you see um, my my brothers and sisters and know that it, it hasn't been an easy road for us. It, it's been hard, but we are we're all we're all getting back up and we will be walking together as one in one healing path. Mm. Yeah, it's so important because you know first impressions um, people make judgments very very quickly. I learned this early on in my HR career when I'm on one side of the, the table interviewing people. And, you know, how do you make that great first impression? Well, <clears throat> excuse me, being willing and open to initiate the conversation, you know, nice firm handshake, a smile goes a long, long way. And yet we do make judgments very quickly when we're looking around us and someone is acting or seeming to be in a, a different space, a different energy to ours. So how can we start that cycle of forgiveness? How can we reach out, ask them if they're okay, if they need anything, and, and just start that whole forgiveness piece, being open, being willing to be compassionate. I think the world so desperately needs compassion right now. Um, even if we hadn't have COVID, we have all these crazy situations happening, particularly south of us, our neighbors to the south, with you know gun violence and all those kinds of things and yet we have our own history up here that we're also putting in the spotlight now and saying no this is not acceptable something has to change and it will change starting with you yes I'm talking to you the individual listener who's listening to the story right now so I'm going to throw the gauntlet down and as a challenge say what is it that you could do starting today that would help step towards an important part of the reconciliation that's needed here in Canada with the Indigenous peoples, the natural Indigenous peoples of this land. What's one small thing, one small step that you could take today, this week, to help with that mode of forgiveness that Laurie's talking about? I'd like to invite you, and I will again at the end with a special conversation, but I'd like you to uh, consider 
learning more about the work that Laurie is offering. And you can go to her website, which is seventhgenhealing.com. So it's number seven, T-H for seventh, genhealing, sorry, not dot com, dot C-A, seventhgenhealing.ca. You'll find quite a lot more information about the work she's doing and the opportunity to work with her as well. I've made several referrals over the years because I know the power of the work that Laura is doing. Even looking around at the room of Reiki um, students that I was in, it was very evident, even on the first day that I met Laurie, that she had some uh, pretty advanced powers already and that that healing was going to be an important part of her work and continuing to expand and expand and expand. So that's why we've kept in touch all these years is because of the power of that healing work. So as a, a woman in business, um, I'm interested too in your perspective, both you know, being from the Indigenous Peoples Group and being a woman in business, what have you experienced that you think generally women don't see or hear that you'd like to share? Is there any stories there? Um, I'd say being in IT, um, the work that I do uh, is very technical and there's probably 5% of women in our specific industry. It's starting to increase. Mm-hmm. And even like a very small percentage are First Nation um, in Canada or probably even in North America, but it's very specific. So um, my role uh, working with the Muskeg Lake Cree Nation Investment Management Group um, uh, Corporation is to actually uh, look at an innovation so really bringing innovation back to the First Nation um, lands in Western Canada and then eventually in Canada. So getting to understand um, really starting from, you know, grade seven all the way up to junior high and then eventually uh, post-secondary education is getting more First Nation women, specifically leaders uh, in Canada, move them up into IT and innovation and technology. Hmm. So. I'm, I'm an ambassador for that. I've, I'm a mentor. I'm a coach. And I'm really, uh, the linkages that I have in LinkedIn has really helped, you know, my the time that I've had with large Fortune 500 companies is really, um, I'm going to be working with them to have some partnerships uh, going forward and relationships to actually bring our people in and, and up. So that's exciting. Mm. And, I, and I am going to focus on women and leadership. So that's number one. So again, 5% of women in Canada are in IT, very, very small percentage, right? Mm -hmm. And then when we look at me being First Nation in the the organization, Fortune 500 companies, and they're large companies, um, I have seen um, prejudice within the organization. I have recognized it, I've acknowledged it, or not acknowledged it, but um, basically been privy to it and and I'll just share one conversation with you. And this happened uh, less than a year ago. I was uh, I was on a um, Zoom call, and there was three three gentlemen and uh, three women on the call. And one of the uh, teammates basically said to me, "Oh, this is so odd. Like um, we're a call. We're all um, Caucasian. We're all Caucasian on this call." And and that I kind of looked and and I didn't say anything at that time I I waited until the call was done and I basically came back and and I basically said to her um you you know we're not all Caucasian I'm actually First Nation I'm actually and and a lot of times they'll say oh you are you are oh I don't know somebody who's Cree or I'll know somebody that you know that is First Nation and I'll be honest with you, um, half of it is learning and understanding that, you know, we are First Nation people, we, we are very, re- you know, we're resilient, but, um, you know, just having that conversation, I, I just explained to her what that comes across as, and I didn't do it in, in the forum, I did it on the side, and I did it very professionally, so I just want people to know, like, You know, everybody, it doesn't matter if you're pink, green, orange, we're all one. We're all one. It it, it doesn't matter. That's your background. That's you, you know, that's your history. It's your traditions. It's your family history, but we're all one. 
wrong mm. one. Yeah. So I wonder what was the what was the thinking around why that was even relative to the conversation? I'm not I'm not sure. I, I, <clears throat> I'm not sure, but um yeah. I did get that quite a few times uh throughout my life is um you know people have thought I you know Italian or you know um just a a different background than what I am and then people are very shocked to find that I'm actually First Nation. I just think, you know, when, when, when people are shocked about, you know, maybe somebody that beside you is in Indigenous, um, it's maybe ask, you know, tell me a little bit about your background. Tell me about your history. Tell me about your family. You know, tell me a little bit. So just so you know a little bit more. And, and to be honest with you, um, it's been hard for First Nation people. It's It's been hard. One of the things I'm going to be honest with you, Yvonne, um, my mother said recently, um, First Nation people didn't drink alcohol. They didn't have guns. They lived off the land. They lived, you know, they did their hunting. They did their, you know, um, they, traditions off the land, um, you know, growing potatoes or any any type of herbs that's how they lived it was the settlers that came and actually introduced them to alcohol that introduced them to guns that introduced them to you know um different ways that we weren't used to right and so i just want people to understand that's not how we lived that's not how we lived and um we we lived within our means we lived off the land. We, you know, we shared with the animals and our plants mm-hmm. and uh, traditions and our spoken word, our language between, you know, the Cree and the Blackfoot and the Ojibwe. We had our own language, right? We did fight with each other, like, you know, brothers and sisters. We did fight with each other. Um, but we also had our own respect of our own traditions. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So... <clears throat> I think it's always um, it's always important to understand, you know, where people came from, right? Mm-hmm. You know, where are you? Where are you from? Um, I get that a lot, partly because of my English accent, and people can't quite place it. Sometimes they they hear it and they think it's Australian or South African. So I, I've come to a point now where, in a lot of early conversations, I will say, "Growing up in London, England," so it just sort of sets the tone. But I think that's also a fairly respectful thing to do with um, the beginning conversations with um, Indigenous peoples is to find out, you know, where they're from. Did you agree? Yeah, absolutely. hundred uh, percent. Find out where they're from. Ask them their story. Ask them, you know, um, the great thing about Indigenous across the board um, is our respect for our elders. Our elders are our knowledge keepers, and they're at the highest hierarchy. Um, we're highest respect for them because they're the ones that have led. You know, they have the history. They've they've led us. Um, anytime we have specific um, traditional sessions or meetings, we always have an elder and we always have a prayer, right. starting and always ending, right? We and we give the respect. So we're always thank you, thank you, thank you to the creator. Thank you, our elders. We're always respecting our elders. Right. And I think think that's so important to remember. Um, You know, if we look at a number of different cultures that also, um, you know, India, Italy, you know, that really take care of their elders in particular, they make, um, make rituals around it. It's such an important piece because Wisdom, you know, this show is the Words, Women and Wisdom show for a reason. It's not about only having knowledge out of a book, having theory. It's about the applied, uh, the the application of that knowledge and what can result from that, what can impact, um, be impacted from that. It's interesting that you were sharing also about the, the small number of women in IT because you know, when I first came to Canada in 85, very quickly, I ended up in a, an IT, a fast growing IT company, IT consulting. And it was a very small number then. And here we are, you know, 30 years later, 
and it's still a very small number. So yeah. what could we do to move the needle on that, do you think, Laurie? I think a lot of it has to do with um, really under understanding and really understanding the role, uh, understanding like a, and a lot more mentoring and coaching mm -hmm. uh, women actually in IT and in leadership. And it could be possibly IT forums with coaching uh, and cross training. And really, I think there's an opportunity to look at, you know, uh, bringing people in. Um, from, you know, different organizations, it could be people that are, you know, new immigrants to Canada, um, and then, uh, you know, start, you know, start doing some training there right, at, right as soon as they arrive. Um, there's opportunities to move them up um, within organizations, just starting with basic training, and then moving up. But um, I do think there's a huge opportunity um, that I'll be working towards, which is bringing our youth up. And, it, and again, it's changing, it's getting back to that seventh generation, and it's all around teaching and learning and bringing it forward. Because if we start now, just think about the future that you're going to have with your next generation, regardless of First Nation or, or not, any, any, I'm going to say one nation, right? I always look at one nation, yeah. which is Turtle, Turtle Island. Super powerful. So with the um, talking about the seventh generation concept and the healing that you do, some people may not have ever experienced um, an energy healing session or a Reiki session. So can you talk a little bit about your overall approach? Because it is quite unique. And I think it would be interesting for the listeners to understand what's involved, because I'm going to be inviting them at the end to log on to your website to go ahead and explore booking a session with you so that they can experience it firsthand. But talk, talk a little bit about what they can expect. Okay, so I'll, I'll talk about how I actually um, really start a healing session. So I'll start with um, really connecting with the creator. So Mother Earth, Gaia, and then to the universe, I will do a prayer. I will connect with both of them and then bring that energy into my body. Right. So I'm, I'm really going deep into Mother Earth and Mother Gaia, connecting through my feet all the way through the roots, all the way through up legs and to all to my third eye, which is right here. And then I bring universal power through. This is actually called the crown chakra, bringing it in and then merging it. So I'm actually merging that energy within my body. Um, I prepare what I do is most I, my sessions I can actually have outdoors but most of the time I'll have it on like a massage table um, and then I get my room ready so I do my Reiki symbols in the room Toko Rei getting my room ready to to welcome the healing and then I actually I'll connect with the creator and I start bringing in my ancestors so anyone that's um, 69 decibels or, or higher bringing them into, into the room. Anything that's a lower frequency, I don't bring into the room um, because I can't have negative energy in a healing session. So I bring them up, that's the higher healing, the higher vibration into the room. Bring, start bringing my ancestors into the room, right? Ones that have passed on, ones that actually are want to heal the person that's in the room. And then a lot of times I'll actually bring and welcome in any members that are passed to the light that is possibly connected to that person that I'm healing. It could be, you know, a brother, sister, mother, aunt, uncle. It also could be um, a totem animal or anybody that's, you know, possibly connected to that specific person. A lot of times after I do my ancestors that come in the room, I'll bring the totem animals and the ones that are very uh, connected to that specific client will come in they will come in and sometimes you'll actually get animals that have passed that are connected to that person will come in with the totem animals it's quite interesting then the last layer or the last circle of the healing circle is those ancestors that have passed on that are directly connected to that person they are the outer layer of that healing circle uh, after I have the room ready, I increase the vibration of the room, I increase the healing power within the room, and then I start my healing. So what I do is I'll, I'll scan the body. If anybody's gone to a Reiki session, we start at the top, at the crown chakra, I'll go down. And when I feel heat 
on the body, that's the area that I'm going to work on. So specifically with Yvonne, I worked a lot on her crown chakra um, and also her third eye chakra. Um, So I spent a lot of time opening her third eye and her crown chakra to really add light to it, bring energy to it. And then it goes from the top of her head all the way to her toes. Mm -hmm. So I'll look for the heat within the body and then I'll spend up to another hour, really focusing, concentrating on those areas. And I ask specific family members to step Mm -hmm. forward when I'm in the session to help with the healing. Sometimes I'll have specific gems or rocks that I will use in these sessions. And I have ones specifically from different areas. Like I have ones from Chichen Itza that I'm bringing in. Um, um, ones that I have blessed, I brought in, not taken from Chichen Itza, but one that I brought and blessed in Chichen Itza. And then I put the healing into the rocks that I own and brought it back. I have ones that I've asked uh, from the Joshua tree in, in um, near Palm Springs. And I asked the land if it was okay to take these. They said yes. And I, I'm using those in my sessions. And then I have also ones from Sedona that are very, very, very powerful. Those ones are extremely powerful. And I'll bring out and different types uh, of stones that, and gems that I'll bring into the session. But those ones are extremely powerful. They'll use at different points in different um, parts of your body, depending on who needs it. And then towards the end, what I'll do is I'll really increase those vibrations. Um, the last thing that I do, which is, so I I've, do the Reiki healing. I do the uh, traditional healing, First Nation. I bring in the stones. And then the last one, which is the newest modality, is Kundalina healing. So the Kundalina is the snake. And I'll actually really increase the frequency within my body, which makes it extremely powerful. But for me, my hands get very hot. So if I'm actually over your body or even a last to touch, I'll actually have asked permission um, and they're very, they're very hot. I will, in many instances, I'll be sweating because it's so powerful in the room now. Yeah. So again, my sessions go from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Uh, it's quite the experience. <laughs> it is. I can, I can validate that. It's <laughs> not your standard Reiki session. It's tradi- a traditional First Nation healing with my family, uh, with Mother Earth, the Gaia, the universe, and the creator. And then also bringing in the healing rocks. And again, from the different areas that I've, I've um, have my stones. And then the last one is really focused on um, really Kundalini healing. Yeah. And towards the end, I will talk about what is experienced. Um, one of the key elements, which is very important, is a lot of, a lot of um, ancestors that have passed on or people that have connected to you will give me messages. And I won't tell you during the session, I will tell you after what their story is and what, how they're connecting and how they're helping in the healing. 99% of the time, they want to heal you. They want to help with the healing. They ask to help. The 1% is they're just asking questions. They just have a question to ask you. Yeah. So it's, it's an experience is probably the best way to say. It, it, it yeah. is an experience for sure. <laughs> Um, the uh, opportunity to work with Laurie is uh, going to be opening up very soon. Certainly when we look at, you know, what can happen between now and July 15th, um, you want to take advantage of the opportunity to explore working with Laurie. She's such a powerful healer. And, you know, being trained in Reiki myself, I know that we have various levels of skill. But if if your energy in your body can be increased, if your connection with a higher power, with a source of energy can be increased, it's amazing what new ideas can start flowing through. It's amazing how it can impact your, your confidence in your own decisions because you start to know that you don't really get to make a wrong decision in life. And, and, and if you are heading in the wrong direction, you will be course corrected. <laughs> Things will start to not work smoothly. And it's almost like the universe is giving you a gentle two by four to say, mm, that's not really taking full advantage of your potential or you're heading down the wrong path and, and gently guide you back. I say gently <laughs> tongue in cheek because sometimes it can be 
a, a big universal two by four, but generally it's a it's a nudge. So the opportunity to raise your vibrational frequency, super powerful. The opportunity also to look at not just the energy within the body, but also look at aura levels and to heal a tear that might be in a, a certain layer of aura. All of these are things that Laurie is fully trained in and brings a special indigenous perspective with all of her ancestors that you just won't find in a regular Reiki session. It's super powerful. So what else can we share with the listeners? Not only about the healings, the healing part, but are there any stories that you'd like to share of what has happened after some of the sessions that you've hosted without naming any names or breaking any confidences, but what can be a transformative outcome? I can actually say two stories. Um, so I've worked with um, a couple close friends um, with regards to healing sessions and a couple of them, I'm not going to mention their names, but they know who, who they are, is um, they they had broken relationships, right? They had broken, they had, uh, they had multiple, like they've had a couple divorces um, and they just couldn't find that right person. They couldn't find that right person. And I'd explained to them, when you have a glass of water that's full to the top, there's nowhere else for that water to go. Right. So think of your heart as that glass of water, right? If it's full of hurt, if it's full of trauma, there's nowhere for you to have that love, that, that you know, unconditional love that you're looking for. So what I do is I go in and I release that trauma. I release, um, I release, you know, not necessarily all the memories, but um, I get them to look at their life differently. Like what, what are some of the patterns, you know, that you, you know, that relationships that you've had. Um, and to be honest with you, I've had to look at my own, right. I've spent the last, you know, years healing myself because I kept getting into you know, wrong relationships. So um, the great thing about my friends is after, you know, months and months of healing, they both found somebody. They're both in loving relationships. They're both extremely happy and they've done the healing. They've done the hard work and it's paid off. It's paid yep. off. So if you want to move forward, uh, whether it's work, whether it's, you know, relationships, whether it's health, start with forgiveness always start with forgiveness uh for your to yourself and and really make the concentrated effort to move forward because mm -hmm. you know where you want to be but the first thing we need to do is forgive yourself uh forgive people that have hurt you and then let's make way for the healing and moving forward in your life yeah. in every aspect yeah absolutely it's so important to create space and, and this is, you know, in my, my coaching work with women entrepreneurs, um, you know, very often they're coming to me with this very full agenda. <laughs> and it's almost like going to, uh, you know, ladies going to your closet in the morning and you're looking and trying to figure out what you're going to wear. And it's so jam packed that you can't even see what you've got there, let alone how to, you know, match things together. Mm -hmm. So it, it is about taking out some things, whether that's emotional hurt or whether it's busyness in your life. To make space for a higher leverage, a higher value use of your time. So what, is, what do you need to stop doing right now to create space? Do you need to stop attending quite so many meetings? Do you need to stop being the only one in your household who's taking on all the household tasks and chores? What do you need to stop doing to create some space, to have some time to think a little differently and create a better lifestyle? to consider what do I need to heal? What's in the way? What's in the trauma that I need to forgive? What do I need to journal about? What do I need to get out, get off my mind? As soon as it's off your mind, written down on paper, whether you choose to you know, do a moon ceremony with a candle and burn that, or whether you choose to you know, put it, tie it to a balloon, and let it go up to the, the universe, get it out of your head, and then you'll have more capacity and more bandwidth to start filling that space, that vacuum, with something that's more positive. Because if it's so jam-packed 
there is no room to work together. You might want to hire a coach, but there's just going to be no room to do any of the work, powerful work that we could do together. Yeah. So my role is about helping my clients to see what their pod potential is, especially women entrepreneurs of mission-inspired businesses, and then realizing that how do you articulate that? How do you ask for what you want using confident conversations? That's the essence of the work that I do in my best-selling book, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, is how to ask for what you want and get it in a powerful, resonant, clear way. We talked earlier on about women and women in IT and women making waves in business. I know that you're going to be making waves in this new business um, because you're already doing the work and have been for a number of years. Now you're simply choosing to step away a little bit from the IT arena and put your focus on where your true talents, gifts and powers are as identified many years ago through your grandmother. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as we start to wrap up the conversation today, I want to encourage you again, if you weren't listening earlier on and didn't grab pen, grab your pen now, make a note of this uh, website address, seven, the, the number seven, seventhgenhealing.ca is where you go to learn more about Laurie's work, powerful work, Laurie Shore, healer, spirit talker, medium, consultant, um, mm -hmm. Overall, looking at how can we create a better world by starting with forgiveness and then backing that up with more powerful healing, energetic work and healing. And the opportunity is there for you to actually take advantage. Say that you heard about Laurie's work on the Words, Women and Wisdom show. And you can actually, if you book your session with her before, book it to, before July 15th, you'll actually be eligible for a discount. What did we decide, Laurie, was a... Actually, get them 50% off. Yeah. Special pricing, 50% off regular services. So you want to take advantage of that. Now, anything further we want to share, because this is National Indigenous Peoples Day, anything to share that's particularly on your mind or important that we celebrate today? Yeah, so as we celebrate, um, one of the things I'd like to welcome your specific uh, clients. If there's a specific Indigenous um, event in your city, go learn, understand our specific uh, traditions. Um, you might have drummers there, you might have dancers. If there's a powwow that's in your specific area, go and listen and be part of it. It's so powerful when you hear the drums beating of Mother Earth and you have the dancers that come in, the jingle dancers, where they have bells on, bells on their specific dresses um, and they all dance together with the men, which are the chicken dancers. It's so powerful. Just the colors, the music, and just the vibration is so powerful. Just learn. You, and it's, it's visual and there's stories to be told if you can actually go in your specific area, whether it's U.S., Canada, uh, it's, it's very powerful. And you can just look in your regional website for the powwows that are in your, in your region. Um, the last thing that I wanted to share, I'm actually going to my powwow um, for my band, Muskegly Cree Nation, on the uh, 25th and 26th of this month. So if you are in Saskatchewan and you're north of uh, Saskatoon, we'd, you're welcome to come to our powwow uh, for Muskegly Cree Nation. Um, and enjoy in your cell in the celebration. I'll be spending some time with my elders, doing some healing, doing some spirit talking, and really starting the healing process with them. Hmm. Super powerful work. And if you've never, <clears throat> if you never attended a drumming circle, even it's a really moving, powerful experience. If you've been to any kind of musical event any kind of experience, whether it's uh, rock music or opera, where you can literally feel the hair rising on your skin and you can feel the energetic shift happening within you. That's one of the things that you will, would experience being part of a drumming circle. And that's just one of the very worthwhile traditions and celebrations that Laura is talking about. So I do hope that you will do some research and use this listening today learning more about the indigenous peoples in Canada in particular the, the traditions the celebrations 
some of the stories that really need focus, energy, and in particular, this topic of forgiveness, and consider getting a healing session with Laurie, going to her website, 7genhealing.ca, booking yourself in, taking advantage of the 50% special pricing that Laurie is kindly offering to our listeners, and making sure you book that before July 15th, because this is a special offer. Special offer, a special day, a special lady. Thank you so much, Laurie, for joining me today. And I hope the rest of your day is as beautiful as this interview and celebration for Indigenous peoples has been. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank the creator, Kisi Manitao. Hi, hi. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Many blessings to you. Thank you. That's touched my spirit. (laughs) Have a beautiful day, everybody. Bye for now. Ladies, a new book is on the horizon. Words, Women and Wisdom, the Modern Art of Confident Conversations. This new book is for women ready to rediscover their inner confidence, take a stand for themselves in life and business by using more powerful language. Words are so powerful and already changed history. On October 5th, The New York Times published a story detailing decades of allegations of sexual harassment against film producer Harvey Weinstein. And numerous women in the entertainment industry found the courage to go public, banding together with a powerful voice that change is long overdue. Even Oprah Winfrey, television network icon, gave a rousing speech at the Golden Globe Awards in January. The media has showcased the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. The Me Too movement is flourishing and all signaling it's time for women's equality and change. I believe it's time to give women the verbal agility to create more confident conversations. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is the book which provides practical approaches for women to ask for what we really want and receive our request. Hello, I'm Yvonne Silver, Certified Executive Coach and Senior HR Professional, seasoned in business. I teach women to flourish in business by using more confident language to help empower and engage others. This book is the result of over 35 years of my career, professional career, working in four different countries. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in my career for job interviews, executive coaching, for sales and consulting conversations. And I've listened to hundreds of women in particular who are looking for a better way to collaborate. They're looking to be uh, asking for what they really want and heard and validated, especially in business. And women often earn less than men for doing exactly the same job. It's 2018. It's time for change. The modern art of confident conversations explores words we use at home, at work. Words that trip us up, elevate us and encourage us. And when no words are even required. It is about how to leverage the power of words in a positive, in a collaborative and impactful way. Now I work with women entrepreneurs and leaders who are empowering other women and leading through mentorship programs and my coaching, public speaking, interviews and writing. I'm passionate about women's equality. Why? I grew up in England in a house with a flow of negative comments from my father which destroyed my mum's dignity until she became an empty shell of the vibrant woman she'd once been, belittled by constant criticism and questioning of her abilities. Through my own life journey and supporting hundreds of female clients, I've discovered critical words to ask to get what we really want collaboratively. I know there are critical links between our language, our behavior, our mindset and our success in life. Words from a song can replay in our head for hours and poetry can bring a lump in our throats. I've combined my insights with interviews from influential women, sharing their pearls of wisdom, supplemented with research and reference studies from established scholars. 
Women are rising up. It's time for women to be heard. Let's use more powerful, positive language and join the rising tide of change. This book is for you, a woman looking to the future, ready to embrace significant positive changes in your life by using more confident language. Eliminate those words that drain your power. Add words that energize and invigorate and shift from ordinary to extraordinary. Just one word can change your life. I believe every woman needs their own copy of this powerful book. It's time for action and time for change. Order and reserve your own copy of Words, Women and Wisdom today.